0: hey guys welcome to another shot my name is chad miller and this is episode one this podcast is basically an excuse for me to hang out with really cool people And share their stories. We're gonna be talking to entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders, first responders, musicians, artists, and a whole lot more. Some of the stories you're gonna hear are hilarious, some of them are heartbreaking, but all of it is interesting. And so I hope you'll stay tuned. This is our first episode, and so I'm gonna introduce myself to you guys and, uh, Tell you a little bit about my story and what it's like to be a full time musician. I'll tell you about my band and what we're doing and where we're headed. Uh, my little brother Jody Miller is going to be in the studio with us. And so I'll introduce y'all to him and he'll tell you um, some stories about being a musician as well. And um, we got some funny road stories that we'll share. And towards the end of the podcast, we'll go over some of the future episodes and let you know who we've got coming up. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So once again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, hope you'll share this podcast with people. If you find it interesting and, uh, stick around for more coming up. For those of you who don't know me or haven't seen my face, I have a big red beard and mustache. And the other day, my band and I had a gig in Lubbock, Texas. And before I left the house to get in the band van, my wife uh, kind of let me know in a not-so-subtle way that my beard was becoming unruly. And so uh, we head to Lubbock. We get there a little early and had some time to kill. So we went into Dollar Western Wear. And right near the register, there was a big display from Horn Toad Beard Company. And they are a a men's grooming product company based out of lubbock and they had waxes and beard oils and beard balms and all kinds of manly maintenance products and i was checking it out and found a smell that i really liked called rawhide um, i used to do a bunch of leather work and stuff and so whenever i smelled that smell it took me right back to my leather shop um, it was a great smell so i picked up some beard oil and some beard balm and Um, and we went back to the venue to get ready for the show. I'm in the green room, scraped a little bit of the, uh, beard balm out with my fingernail and rubbed it between my hands to get it warmed up and activated, rubbed it and kind of combed it through my beard. And it immediately brought a shine back to my beard that had been missing and helped me tame all the little runaway hairs without being too stiff. Um... It just made me look like I gave a damn about how my beard looked. Moral of the story is, I now use uh, Horn Toad Beard Company product every day on my facial hair. Um, And you should too. They're a great company. They're coming out with new stuff all the time. They're about to release a new beard butter. It's like a conditioner cream um, in a scent that I really, really love called Bourbon Pecan. And I can't wait. You shouldn't either. Head over to horntoadbeardco.com now to shop their online selection or find a retailer near you. I also advise you to follow them on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with their pop-up events and the new products that they are uh, working on. So uh, I wouldn't steer you wrong and these guys won't be. All right, episode one, we're live. Say hi, Jody up, everybody? <laughs> this is uh, episode one of the podcast, and so we're going to have... The goal is to have uh, interesting people volunteer to let me hang out with them and get them to talk to me, and well, I don't have a lot of good friends, so... You're screwed. <laughs> no. But no, it'll work, though, because, I mean... I think it's a cool deal. The reason why I like this setup and this avenue, yeah, the what's the word the the way the reason why I like this thing perspective on the what podcast, is because, yeah, perspective. I guess I don't know. There's another word there, but the reason why I like this is because I mean it doesn't just have. I mean just because we're musicians, it doesn't have to be just about music. Like. Um, I've got a buddy who is a, he used to rope, he used to team rope, but now he builds skateboards and he's like 40 something, he lives in Happy, Texas. And I've got another buddy, I uh, play at his venue all the time, he's revitalized a 1920s hotel in this small little town and... They just built a bar and it's a cool spot. There's like a town of like 300 people or 150 people. I don't even know. It's really small. And so it's a cool deal. So what I'm thinking is that, I don't know, there's just a lot of really cool people that I know that I think will, I think people would like to hear their story because I know, like if somebody listens to the Joe Rogan podcast or whatever, like I like, I don't always listen to like the Fighters Episodes, but I listen to the ones where. There's only so many ways to hit someone, man. Yeah, well, if they, I like the ones with like the doctors and the scientists and the comedians and stuff. It's a lot of fun. So, and then I've got a lot of interesting friends, so I'm hoping that it'll work. But um, no, so the game plan was to kind of, I guess, introduce people to us. And because you're going to be kind of here from time to time, helping out with the podcast. My like, name is Jody Miller. My social security number. No, is, no, no, no. Social. You said
1: introduction, man. So I'm just. Is that
0: your go-to introduction when you meet somebody? <laughs> Listen, man. If you There's stole no my identity, your life would be worse. <laughs> nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna move up in the social in social status by stealing your identity. Oh no, no, man. But anyway, like I in the intro, I think I talked about how we were going to, you know, kind of tell people about how we got started in music and and kind of what we're working on right now. And which is what I, the questions I'm going to ask everybody. I'm going to talk to them about what kind of kid were you? How was your childhood? What the I mean, we're going to have some cathartic that's, experiences. That's deep, we're going to get deep kind of child were you yeah were you a, I mean were you a little shit is, or were you? is
1: anybody gonna say I was a dick
0: no what are they gonna you know I want to know if like you know what was your home life like like what gonna, I want to get I want to understand what makes what what paths people took to get to where they are now that's the I think that's everything like I I I want to understand the inner workings of People's minds and why they do the things they do and how they made things the way they made them. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Okay, I can edit that out later. <laughs> the uh, sorry, folks, it's been a long day. The no. So what I think is uh, no. So like, whenever you know, whenever we got started, you know, our dad played music back in the day uh, with one of our uncles, and he. Uh, you know, they used to play like little Jamborees and pop up things and it wasn't they didn't do it. They weren't out to I honestly just think they did it for the beer and the girls. Um but they shout weren't out. really out Shout out to Mom. Shout out to Mom. <laughs> uh <laughs> It obviously worked, I guess, I don't know. But no, they I but they I mean they didn't really it's not like they did it super
1: They didn't pursue
0: it. Yeah, as, it wasn't uh, like a, a big A means to an end. Yeah, they weren't Going into it, it was like, hey, they were just enjoying themselves and having a good time. Like, they weren't going into it saying that, hey, we're going to be full-fledged musicians and, and and you know, do this rest of the, lives, or the rest of our lives. They enjoyed playing music and could make a little bit of money and free beer and stuff, and so they did it. And so dad never, he didn't really play a lot as an adult, I mean, occasionally. And then, but there was always a guitar around the house, so I guess when I was about eight or nine i kind of started picking up his guitar and he would kind of teach me what was that that old ovation yeah that old It had an old ovation um with the the big bumped around back of them you know where it's like rounded you can't hold on to no it was super weird i mean it played good i remember playing on it and it played as good as any one of those could play and he kind of taught me, you know, a G chord, and a D chord, and a C chord, and I'd sit in front of the radio and, uh, in my bedroom and and try to figure out what chord was coming next, and that's how I learned to follow chord patterns and progressions, and, and then he bought me a poster um, with all the chord shapes on it, and yeah. I would just started going through the list and try to make every chord shape I could. I started out with all the major chords, and then I did all the minor chords, and then the seventh chords, and then I didn't really... I should have paid more attention and played some (laughs) (laughs) diminished chords and some minor 7 flat 5s and some, but I don't, I didn't learn all those. But uh, yeah, and then, so you, so then I guess this was probably like 97, 96, 98, somewhere around there. I don't know, I was like what, 5 or 6? Yeah, you were probably 6, no, you were 6. And I was 10, and Santa Claus brought me a guitar and you a drum set. A little, what was that? A Mark
1: Three, like from Hastings. Yeah, it was something, uh, something yeah, horrible. And, like, but I
0: mean, to us, it was everything, though. I mean, kick, it was.
1: Kick, snare, one tom, and hi hats, man. But I played that thing until it was. Yeah, I mean, you can add to
0: it. Nice. Like, I remember you had, like, your first Zildjian cymbal, and you threw it, like, then you added it to that set, <laughs> like. Yeah. But. Man, I rocked, I rocked and I had I for a long time, man. A little honer, uh, honer, acoustic electric guitar, and mm-hmm. it was, it was great. I mean, and then we learned, you know, as much as we could on them, and and got a little bit better, and we started kind of practicing in the garage with one of our cousins, Eric. Shout out to Eric Green, so dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started playing a bunch of. Nickelback songs and I Jet songs and man, I don't
1: want that on the record no I will not admit to that man screw everybody man, that doesn't man, like Nickelback Nickelback gets a
0: bad rap man screw everybody that doesn't like Nickelback their early albums were okay man they were okay they went hard they were they were they were some good pissed off teenager rock songs on those albums they, they had, there was some good music I cut my on
1: teeth there. on a lot of Nickelback tracks it's I
0: screw sad. screw everybody who doesn't like Nickelback now you may not agree with Chad Kroger and him shooting pillows with shotguns off his yacht in Key West or whatever eight? he had trouble that for. Canadian, eight. Yeah, but I mean, they were the first first album was dope. Uh, but it was them, like we, like I listened to. I remember. Wait, do, you, do you remember the first
1: song we ever played together? Can you say that on the radio? Boy. Uh, she fucking hates me. Oh she hates me Dad,
0: from Polo Mud, nah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. That was an yeah. easy song. It was fun, man. We uh We couldn't play that one with the parents in the house though. No. Well we we just edited it out. We played the edited version, so we uh no but we I mean we practiced in the garage and kinda learned as much as we could and then whenever it was time for college I was pretty dead set on I thought I wanted to be a a rock star, so... Uh, The closest place to go do that was South Plains College in Loveland, and I went through South Plains College from 2007 to 2009. Major Uh, shout-out to SBC. That's the place. Anybody who's listening who's even thinking remotely about trying to pursue music, uh, especially if you're in the... um, soon to graduate or just graduated high school demographic or if you're looking for college courses to go take, there's not a better place to go. I haven't been there in, you know, a long time, but whenever I was there, it was the best. There was not a better place to be. It was, um, hands down, the most, two of the best years of my life. Like, I, even now, I mean, I took it serious whenever I was there. But even now, I wish I could go back and kick myself in the ass and say, "Hey, you work need harder. to yeah. yeah work harder." You oh, need yeah, to work man. harder.
1: So what? I was there from ten to thirteen.
0: Yeah, I was there uh, two thousand nine to two thousand. I mean, two thousand seven, two thousand nine. You were ten to ten, 10 to 13, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, but what's crazy? Listen, what, what's crazy about that is that you know we both stepped away from music after college, mm-hmm. and not completely. I mean, we still played. Occasionally, on and off, you know. I played lead for a few people, and then I taught um, lessons and, and you know, some yeah. Private lessons and then stuff. and then picked up. I picked up some acoustic gigs and stuff. But the thing is, is that last year I just said it. Let me get this. I just had it written down. Um, last year, I played. I did it. last year I played 163 shows that's solo acoustic and full band and I guarantee that I used a vast majority of knowledge that I gained from South Plains College in every single one of those shows and it's not that it's not that you know, I didn't figure a bunch of stuff out on my own the hard way because I definitely did. But that place is I, I can't talk good enough about that place. It's the best place for a a musician, honestly of any age, but especially a young musician to go and cut their teeth because it it's And, and it's not, not the real world.
1: Not not even necessarily like if you're just interested or want to be a part of the music industry in any capacity.
0: Yes, man, sound, audio engineers, uh, audio video, dude, um, management, booking just, agents, yeah, there's songwriters. There's so much
1: out there that, that you can get into. It's the place. It's. And, I would
0: not be, like, I'm not saying I'm a big shot, I'd do anything, but I wouldn't be where I am today without South Plains College. Shout out to Plains College. Oh so man, to just, share, shout out to all our instructors. Carrie Banks, Steve Williams, John Reed. Care, uh, Mike Caraway, uh, Mark Mike Walney, Darren Jay Lemon, <laughs> the women himself, all my dudes. Jay Lemon. Love you guys! Thanks for teaching me everything I know. Brian Tater Top Tate. Yep. he probably doesn't go by that, but he does now. If anybody mm-hmm. listens. But anyway, so no, that's uh that's uh, of course they're gonna listen. You can't. They're they're gonna listen. You have to if yeah. you're listening to this at a later date than it's recorded right now at midnight in my office, of course you're going to Oh, shit, guys. Okay,
1: everybody, happy birthday. My dog just turned three. Oh, my gosh. Hey, he's a 90-pound German Shepherd. He's cute as can be um, and the biggest pain in my ass ever. But shout-out to Ruger, three years old tonight. Going to have to get him a, a cupcake or something. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to edit that out for sure. Please don't.
0: Anyway. No, so, okay, after... after uh, south plains college in 2009 you know i well i can back up a little bit like a month before we graduated high school i met my wife and it took some convincing on her part but she decided she wanted to uh be with me as well and we weren't married then but we we didn't get married right away but uh we we dated on and off but not on and off. We, she's going to hate it that I said that. I didn't mean that, babe. I'm sorry. We dated on, on, and we were together for uh, basically our entire college. She went to WT first semester, but then moved to of South Plains with me. And, uh, yeah, she, we got, we moved back to Tulia in 2009, uh, got married, had a kid in 2010, and then... Reality hit, and I had to get a real job, and it wah, was hard to find. Wah, wah. It was hard to find. There was uh, tough in the streets. There's no back then. It was man. There was nothing here. Um, wow. Farm for a little bit. Worked at 84 Lumber in Plainview for a year, and uh, that was a dope job. I really liked that job. Uh, I they hired. I could sell the shit, and all they closed <laughs> down. Oh man, they closed down, man. But my buddy George Rager hired me. Shout out to George Rager. Wait, and. Uh, like- Rager Dykes? No, no, oh, okay. not that Rager. No. No, nah, that was a weird deal, man. He no, was we- the coolest dude, man. I remember dude there was this old guy that worked there. His name was Bill something. And I can say that I because I, know that guy. I think I can say <laughs> that because he's not gonna there's there's no way he's gonna ever listen to this podcast. But Rager might. I don't know. But anyways, so we uh, dude like I found out real quick that when you make commission it pays to have as many customers as possible and so in order to hit my my commission bonuses man I I give a shit about anything else. I would I mean I would stock stuff when I had to and I would clean when I had to but when a customer walked in the door I guarantee I was the first one there and said, hey, what can I help you with? And the cool thing about Rager is he let us have a little bit of control over our margins and not necessarily like the full company's margin of
1: profit. But if you needed to cut a deal, Well, make a
0: deal. well because there was another uh, uh, lumber yard on the other side of town. And what people would do is they would come to us and see how much we had two by fours for. And, and then they would call. The no, they would call while they were in our checkout line, and they'd say, "Hey, McCoy's has these uh, two by fours for a Can you do that?" And I'd say, "Yeah, doing for dollar for And we get it. And the mark, the markup wasn't huge on two by fours, but if you're selling six pallets of them because they're about to frame a couple, you know, house or two, then you know, get some, make some commission on that. So we did that with everything, though. I mean, like, but and I guarantee that we were, we were doing pretty good. And then, man, out of the blue one day, corporate a couple corporate dudes walk in. And there's some weird blood or something. I can't remember what the deal was. But a couple corporate dudes walked in. They fired Rager and hired his brother-in-law. And his brother-in-law knew that he was already going to get the job. Knew that he was gonna th- And they didn't even give the dude a heads up. Didn't tell him. It's messed up, man. Yeah, dude. I didn't work get, there long after let's that. Let's get because that I didn't. Dude on the podcast. I story. No, I didn't work there long after that. I I thought that was really shitty the way they did Rager, and and the way his brother in law did him. But I mean, I think they were cool about it, and it worked out better too because I think he's like working for the railroad now, and he's like making good money, and he lives down south or something. No, they live in uh, he lives somewhere in Dallas or something. I don't know, but.
1: Anyway, so you worked for eighty four
0: lumber. Yeah, I worked for eighty four lumber for a while, and then um, started to. I worked for a cabinet shop during college, and so whenever we came back after eighty four lumber, and kind of during eighty four lumber, I started picking up odd jobs and stuff, and, and doing carpentry work, and then. Is that when we started building lawn chairs? Wasn't that the I, lawn I started, started building chair lawn chairs. Well, yeah, because I would get a good discount on the lumber, so I would load up, and all the coal files, I would buy them and take them home, and use what was usable and, and turn them into some badass lawn furniture and stuff. And, and I'm sure there's still some of my chairs and stuff floating around up there somewhere. We, uh, we, uh, we,
1: um,
0: yeah, we definitely, you know, kind of made some money doing that. And then, uh, I started getting covered up. We just had our oldest son um we just had him he was our first baby and we just had him and I was working the schedule there sucked it was seven on two off so you had to work seven days in a row and it sucked and so I wasn't home and I needed to be home more so I quit there and went to uh and started uh just working for myself just taking remodels and stuff did that for a while and then is that
1: so I was still in high school at this point no. Or maybe fresh out no. of high school.
0: No, you were about you were in college, the first year in college.
1: Dude, when did you make me build that deck with you when it was like 1,005 degrees outside? At Jeff's
0: or that, that house? Man, I don't remember. The one here. It was it, so, like, like I've
1: got brain damage, man. It was so hot outside that... I think mom and dad dropped I don't <laughs> think
0: that's from the heat of the sun. Hey, man. I'll, the I'm heat of the sun has just... Intensify to break damage. I'm a
1: drummer. All I have to do is count to four and start over. Words. But,
0: now, so, yeah, I'd build decks and fences and whatever, but it was, uh, it was one of those things where I could make more working for myself and make my own hours and be home every night, so I started doing that stuff. And then uh, I'd always, it's like, you know, Dad was a firefighter, and and I always kind of... Was interested in that, and so me and my my best friend Brian, we um, decided we were both going to go through the fire academy together because they had great insurance benefits and they're paying good. Well, he he applied to the fire academy and got in, and I was a I was a day late turning in my application to the fire academy for whatever reason, and I'm I'm really lucky that it happened that way, but I. I was a day late and so I, could, I couldn't get into the fire academy. I took, couldn't take the physical agility test that year. So I told him, I said, well, you've got to be an EMT. So I'll go get my EMT certification first. You get your fire certification, we'll switch. And then by this time next year, we'll be out and we'll be on the department and you know go blowing and going. So anyway, so I took a EMT basic class in Silverton and got hired on at, uh, at uh, Tool Creek EMS here in Tulia a lovely establishment. And I uh, worked there for six and a half years, went through, got my, or right after I got my basic, I went through and got my intermediate and paramedic, and I was a paramedic for six years or so, and loved every bit of it, and then tore my shoulder up, lifting a 500-pound patient one day, and had to have six, yeah, that's what it sounded <laughs> like, I popped it back in, and then had to... Uh, finish lifting the guy and take him to the hospital before I could even file a workers comp claim or anything like that so uh, it was a uh, it was an easy decision after after I got my shoulder after the five, they put five pins in my shoulder put it all back together and when I could finally saddle a guitar again it was an easy decision not to just to do this So I was done, I was miserable, I was sick of being on the ambulance you know, nobody ever calls you anything unless but, something's wrong man. yeah, yeah it's, it's it's only it's only everybody's it's everybody else's worst days so whenever you you do that day in and day out and I was working a shitload of overtime and all these extra on call shifts and stuff oh and man it takes a toll yeah it's just I was always always on call so whenever I I did that and I mean in the meantime too uh, uh, I started a cabinet shop and we were doing a bunch of stuff and so i get off the ambulance from a 36-hour shift and then go to the cabinet shop, and I'd work there four days a week and on-call three more days a week. And, I mean, I was just... I was so sick and tired and run down. And So once uh, once I got released from my shoulder, um, it was a no-brainer just to get back into music. And I, I gigged on and off when I had time, so it wasn't like I hadn't touched it in years. You know, I, I kept up with it, but... After, after my shoulder got fixed, it was an easy show. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, life's too short not to do something you want to do. So I I dropped everything else and dove into music full-time. And, you know, this is not a glamorous job at all. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm sitting in front of a computer, and I make 75 phone calls and send 50 emails. And I may book one or two gigs. And then, but... Over time, I've curated a set list that's good enough, and I've got good equipment and decent ability. So usually whenever I play one place, then they usually hire us back, except for us last weekend. But anyway, um, that's another story. And uh, <laughs> they... Uh, Ooh. Side note, uh, if you're planning a festival and you're hiring a band... And you tell them it's plug and play that you've got a, a massive PA and a front of house guy that's going to run sound for the band and they're going to have monitors and drum mics and everything they need. When the band pulls up and they four, see four speakers. four speakers out front like, and not that, not big speakers and and that's it. Whenever they um, and then they offer to unload their PA system and run sound for the gig that you said was plug and play don't call and bitch them out a few days later um, because they charged you a little bit, a fraction of what they should have charged for that thing. Also, And they made the checkout to the wrong guy. Like, not even anybody in the band. Jack. Jack Miller. Jack Miller. And the good Jack fortune. Jack Mueller. Mueller. Mueller and the good fortune. And so that's not... Anyway, side note. Just don't do that, guys. Um, so... We, uh, yeah, so, you, on the other hand, so, like, you went to SBC from... 10 to 12 or 13. I th- I went five semesters, so... Right. And you were, but you were working maintenance at the apartments, too? Dude, I did, I had like
1: 15 jobs, man. I did maintenance for an apartment complex that I lived in, literally right across the street from, like a two minute walk to the music building. Yeah. Um, did that, um, and was playing, you know, with, with local bands out of Lubbock and stuff like that. And doing like studio sessions at the college and a couple other places. Um, and then, uh, got, got a sweet offer from some some cool guys, uh, to move into a house with a couple other musicians. And, uh, Lived in this awesome, just super badass house, like in the in a nice neighborhood in Leveland, and uh, and went to college full time. I uh, got hired on at the music store there, just as their. Mm-hmm. Just I, I mean I, I did everything I what's set that? up all the guitars and and unbox all the new uh, stuff.
0: Uh, what's, what's up, John Harden? Yeah, John Harden, living legend. Shout out to. Old John, man, he's been in Loveland for a long time. We uh, the most impressive guitar collection I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you guys got stupid. Stuff. He's got a hundred thousand dollar strap.
1: Yeah, that guess it's Just stuff. saying.
0: What if he put you in his wheel Oh like, man, i
1: <laughs> like, I don't even want the hundred thousand dollar guitar, but he's got like sixties Les Pauls and yeah. like, man, it's so crazy. When I was working for him, and the only reason I took the job was to hang out with him. Oh yeah. And like hear his stories, like that guy. I think he's in like three of the five Rock and Roll Hall of Fames as a guitar player or something. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy. Like in the back part of the, uh, in the back part of the shop, man. There was just all kinds of storage in this huge room. And when we'd get slow, or like it was before we open or after we close or something, like I just walk back to the back and like open a guitar case, and there's like a sixty Strat, like. Completely original, like, yeah, like, great shoe, or there'd be like 60s, 70s, like,
0: Gibson Les Paul. What's crazy is so he, how long did he have that music store? I mean, he had it from from a long time, right? Or did he just, like, he, I don't know when
1: he left as the head of the commercial. But I'm saying, when did he start the
0: music store? Because about the same time, I think. No, he had it for, he had the music store for a long time, though, right? Yeah. Okay, so what I'm saying, though, is. Can you imagine? It, so say, what? It's two thousand nineteen, almost two thousand twenty. So right. So like, if I started a music store tomorrow and ordered a bunch of American strats and teles and Les Balls and all the good guitars and shit, and a bunch of Gibsons and all. Like, if if I ordered just a bunch of American made guitars and then didn't touch them for fifty you know what they'd be worth in 50 years? Like, well, dude, be... th- So the crazy
1: part was that none of those guitars were for sale. I know, they were just his. They right? were just his, man. Like I'd bring it up to the front and be like, hey, John, what's this? And he's like, well, let me look at it. And he's yeah, old cowboy. Oh, hey, this man. is my Yeah, old cowboy with a grape cigar in his mouth. Like yeah. Didn't even smoke him; just chewed on him, yeah. right? And he'd kind of pull his glasses down and look at it and be like, oh, man, I think I got three of those. He said, I bought it. Well, I don't know when I bought it, but I probably bought it right around the time it came out. Yeah. And he said, I don't know. He's like, there's probably two or three more at my house. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'd be like, all right, John, Well, cool. And then, like, he'd pull down some, like, twenty dollars or $30,000 guitar. and be like, hey, man, can you go put strings on this? i be like, John, I don't even play guitar, man. I'm a drummer. Like, yeah. don't trust me. And, you know, he taught me how to do all that. But, but yeah, man. Reach- so you worked there, you worked there, and then... Worked there, uh, I took a little gig I might technically still be employed by Level 1 Country Club It's the craziest job I've ever had um, Man, I like In order for me to Like, my summer job when I was in high school Was working for Plainview Country Club as a greenskeeper Man, I mowed 7 days a week um, Would save every bit of my money For the entire summer And then at the end of the summer I'd go blow like three or $4,000 on a new drum set or You still have a couple of those well, yeah, you know, I got a collection, man. But, you know, at 15 years old, ordering a custom drum set and dropping a couple grand on it. And, like, your dad's driving you to the store. Like, are you sure? Like, you can buy a car with this money, son. You're about to be 16. I'm like, oh, I can drive a drum set, man. We're good. Like, I, I don't need a car. No, you can drive me. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man. So, like, I, I got this job. I was like, well, man, I'm good at it. I, I can mow the crap out of, a, out of a golf course. So, I went and applied for a job. Uh, and got it, got hired right away at Leveling Country Club. And I can't even remember the guy's name, man. This, like, old Spanish guy, super cool, super laid back. Oh, I just had his and, name and I uh, forgot it. And he, Bro. uh, he, uh, uh, man, I don't remember that guy's name hey, for anyway. the life. I can see his face. But, man, I, and like, at this time, I'm also a gigging musician, man. So, like, it's the summer, like, summertime hits and, like, I'd call him and be like, hey, man, I can't come in for the next two days. I'm going to be in Midland or I'm going to be whatever, playing music. All right, man, well, just whenever you want, come back or whatever. And so it kind of got to the point where I would... I would... go and work for, like, a week and then I'd take, like, five days off and I would just wouldn't even call him, you know, which is yeah. shitty on my part, right? But well, then I'd show back what do you up. Knows? Like, yeah. I'd show back up in a week... And he'd, he'd be like, oh, hey, man, it's so good to see you. And, like, shake my hand. And then, Ted, hey, the, can you go mow these? And I'd be like, hey, yeah, man, uh, if you want to go go uh, mow the greens on, on 9 through 12 or, you know, 9 through 18 or whatever. And I'd be like, all right, cool. And then, like, I'd show up that day, and then I'd, like, pick up extra gigs because I was doing lots of fill-in work. And, dude, I wouldn't show up for, like, two weeks. And then I'd go back, and he'd be like, oh, hey, hey man, see, hey, can he you go, go do this? Thing? Yeah, dude, he'd just, like... And it was so crazy, man. So like, I just kind of want to know if I go back over there, if he's just gonna be like, "Oh, hey, man, can you go mow?" <laughs> like, haven't go got a check from him in almost ten years or whatever it's no. been—eight you know, years,
0: something like that. So you, so you work the country club. So whenever, yeah, I mean, what did you do? I can't remember. Whenever you left when Lebanon, was that whenever you went to? Yeah, and so I moved to Plainview. Uh,
1: I got done with college, uh, came back home for like. Came back to Tulia for a few weeks, man, or something like that, and and I had been out on my own for long enough. I didn't want to live with mom and dad, you know, and uh, so I did the opposite. I moved in with my grandma. Uh, shout out to grandma; she's cool as shit. I don't know uh, so I uh, I moved to Plainview, and my cousin got me a job working for this like super high end carpentry company, and we do like all kinds of weird custom custom paint jobs and like faux finishes. I could make your walls look like leather and like all kinds of crazy stuff. And yeah, I mean, i make it look like stone or, or whatever, doing all this stuff. And like the, and we do like these really, like we either do like uh, new construction, like uh, barn dominiums and, and you know, like these really like cool new construction houses. Or we do remodels at like the huge mansions in lovely like tech terrace area and all those places. Um, and loved that job, man. That company was so cool. Um, and I worked there probably not even a year, man. Uh, I man, maybe like six months, eight months or something like that. Uh, and uh, wound up getting a phone call uh, kind of randomly. Uh, I get this phone call while I'm at work one day, and I answer it. It's a Tulia it's a area code, so like, you know, Tulia phone number, okay, I'll answer it. And uh, I answer the phone and say, hello. And they said, hey, this is the sheriff from Tulia. And I'm, like, automatically, like, oh, man. Like, I don't think I've broken. Like, like, I don't know if I've broken any laws lately, but this can't be good, right? And, like, my dad's career firefighter. Did 24 years. Yeah, our, wow. our dad, whatever. Anyway, he... Uh,
0: I want to make it clear you're talking to me. There's nobody else in the room right I've now. I've been staring at the mic all the oh, whole time, great. man. No, yeah. um,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah so the sheriff calls me apparently my dad had been talking to him because they were friends and uh, my dad was he you know he had asked how the kids were doing or something and my dad's like oh Jody's you know just kind of working this carpentry job trying to figure out what he wants to do he's still playing music or whatever and uh, the sheriff at the time was like well hey man I've got openings in the jail in Tulia um, it's great job insurance and and Supposedly, I was able to work, like, it was, it was a weird schedule. It was three on, two off, two on, three off. Um, so every other weekend, I had a three-day weekend to go gig. And so that kind of appealed to me. And it was more money by far than I was making, you know, painting and, and mm-hmm. doing trim work and, and cabinets and stuff. And uh, so I took that gig, um, started working in the jail, Worked and, there for how uh, long? Uh, just under a year. I was like nine. And is that, months.
0: that's when you went to police academy? Oh well,
1: man, you should know. You're the one that talked me into it. Uh, Dude, I can't remember. I've had two
0: kids since then, man.
1: Dude, I, I remember that conversation very well. I was so sick of, like, I was promised this cool schedule, and then, like, a bunch of people quit, and we got super short-staffed. And so I'd work, like, 12-hour shifts. I'd work uh, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. on midnights, and I do like 14, 15 days in a row sometimes because we were so short staffed. We didn't have another jailer for the night shift. And uh, so like I would completely, like, almost completely stopped like gigging or, or playing out at all. And I was so tired I didn't even like set up a drum set in my house and play and <clears throat> any of that stuff. So I wound up having to, like man, I, w- I remember because I came up to the, you're on the ambulance that night. And it's like one of my nights off, and I came up, and we were sitting outside the ambulance still. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "Man, I've got to do, do something else. I've got to, you know." And like, as a jailer, you, as you got as a, a shitty th-
0: attitude. You might as well just be a cop. Well, <laughs> the selling <laughs>
1: point you sold me that on this idea, you know, being a cop's cool. Uh, I'm definitely not anti-law enforcement by any means, but uh, since I am still technically a cop, but I. Remember you saying, Well dude, you get to carry a gun right now, right? And I was like, Yeah, you know, certain times I get to like transports if I gotta take an inmate to the hospital or something, yeah I carry a gun. And he's like, Well dude, why don't you just why don't you just be a cop and you can carry a gun whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And uh man, why don't you open a Snapchat there in my store? My phone.
0: I'm Rude. listening. I'm listening.
1: Anyway, so he's trying to watch watch singer songwriter stuff from our boy Casey at the <laughs> blue light. I know what that was. Uh anyway anyway so so it appealed to me to carry to to do that so i on a whim apply for a police academy folks get in um go through the academy at south plains college i went back to spc for uh, what they call an accelerated academy man it takes most people a year to get through Um, i went full time every single day uh, six to seven days a week for four months uh, got out in four months and went to work, man. Uh, got hired at a at a small uh, sheriff's office.
0: Um, did like, worked at, You worked at the sheriff's office for how long? Just shy of three years. Okay, and then you went to the PD. Yeah, I went. The I different, went up to her the for PD yeah. and so uh,
1: and worked there for for
0: so three and a half, or a little
1: shy, a little bit shy, of three and a half.
0: And then, I, in between this time. I had, uh, this joke, I, had, had started, okay. I had started I'd started playing music full time, mm-hmm. and I was wanting to put a band together, and I did put a band together. And before I put the band together, I called you and I said, "Hey, you okay, had already put, had a band." Well, no, you I just heard, missed me no, I would already had no. Me. I called you before we started it, and I said, "Hey, you're my drummer. I need you. It's time to quit being a cop." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like screw that I've got insurance benefits and steady paycheck and I could shoot people if I get to feel frisky so I'm not doing that well, don't and mean, so I'm I said I'm not looking to shoot people but, oh, you can't work. but anyway so <laughs> if listen. if don't accuse me if me. you would have quit then it might be a different story now but you didn't which is good everything worked so I put together a band and it was hard to find so I had a, a bass player that I'd randomly kind of used on and off and he's a cool dude but we just were were different people I mean he his views are different than mine and it's not, I can totally get past the views but it just he played a different style of music than what we played and it was just it was kind of different so it didn't really work out and so he was kind of halfway in the whole time and I hired a drummer who was just this the 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 most odd fella ever, and hilarious, funny guy. What? I mean, big white dude with a red beard. Fit in, and yeah, uh, genetics wise probably fit in the band better than anything. But um, his sense of style is crazy. wore crushed velvet, purple pants, and watch beaters, and a NASA cap. I remember a NASA, cap, NASA and cap and a fanny yeah. pack. Um, and chucks everywhere. Like I mean, <laughs> this dude was crazy. So, yeah. but he wasn't. I mean, he the thing about him is he was a really nice dude, but he wasn't the drummer that I needed. He was he was a bass filler. And I had a I a college you. kid from WT played lead for a while. And I remember one day I went to Guitar Center, and I talked to my buddy Broderick. Shout out to Broderick. What's up, dude? Love that um, guy. And I was like, hey man, do you know any? lead guitarist, man. Any guys that play that might want to play some kind of this fusion of like classic rock and classic country and Texas country and red dirt and blues and like I said we pl- I play everything. Just someone so to create musical fusion. I just need yeah. I just need somebody that's good. And he's like, well, "I'll tell you right now. I know who you need." He said, "My buddy Andrew Fox can play for can play, but he plays with everybody. He's so good. He'll thoughts, never man. He said he'll never. He's, it's hard to he's, catch a fox. Yeah, that's what he said. He's like, dude, you. I don't know if you'll catch him free, man. Like he's like, he's all he's in so many bands already. I was like, well, give me his number, I'll text him. So I was playing at the Broken Spoke on Sixth Street in Amarillo that night, and I happened to text him. I said, "Hey Andrew," I didn't even call him Fox. I said, "Hey Andrew," oh, that's weird. this is Chad. I know it's weird now to even say. I'm gonna call him Andrew when I see him on Saturday. <laughs> he'll answer to it. I've done it before, but uh, I I, I tell him I said, uh, "Hey man." I don't know if you're interested, but I'm playing. Um, I've got put. i got a band together, and I'm um, playing at the Spoke tonight, um, acoustic. If you want to bring an acoustic guitar, then maybe we can play together and see if we see if we mesh well, mesh well together. And he's like, Yeah, sure, sounds great. So he shows up and lights the place on fire. He's playing this crazy Martin guitar. It's probably the I'm playing a Gibson Hummingbird at the time that I was in love with, and I thought sounded fantastic. And this Martin that he brought is ridiculous. The Eric Clapton edition Martin, and it's like... Well, Foxy has magic fingers. Yeah, it, but it wasn't. That's what I was saying. It was a combination of his skills and the guitar that... it And the afro. His weight, and his, his... That's where pearl, he, keeps, that's where he his, keeps, keeps all his, his skills. Power, <laughs> keeps his power in the hair. Powers in the afro. But anyway, so... I was sold, like, a 30 seconds in and I'm playing. I was like, okay, this is my guy. So he finished the set with me. And I think I gave him like fifty bucks or something, or maybe I didn't give him any. So I'm gonna say that I gave you fifty bucks, Foxy. And if I if I didn't, you can come on the later podcast and call do, you a liar. and yeah, call me a liar. But I'm gonna say I gave him fifty bucks or something to cut him my pay. And um, and I told him I was like, okay, I need to know your schedule because I I need I need you. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm in a lot of bands, but maybe we can make it work. So then I went back to. To Jody, I was like, "Okay, now we need a bass player because you have to quit because now we're everything's going to work out. Like if, if Foxy stays with us, everything else is going to work out because the biggest mistake you you're made is
1: hiring me on bass. Yeah, so said, so <laughs> you're going to
0: quit and or or f- help fill in, I'm letting the bass player go and I'm letting the guitar player the, gar- the guitar guitar player move to Idaho." And like just randomly, like three weeks into it, we had gigs lined up and he played one gig with us and then moved to Idaho. Um, And so I I scrapped the guitar player and the bass player and I still had, uh, excuse me, I still had my drummer hanging around. And um, so I didn't really know what to do, but I couldn't really kick him out of the band and he didn't want to learn how to play bass. So I just left him on drums. And Jody started playing bass because he, I own one. He knows I, he knows what a bass guitar is, so he started playing I owned bass. One. And Foxy was on lead, and we were killing it, and it sounded good.
1: Now, granted, okay, here I want to tell the people just so they know, I do have the capability to play bass, but I had been a cop for like six years at this time and hadn't played bass in six well, years. Well, here's the here's the thing so. though, right?
0: So like, it's like riding a bike. So anyway. I did it. I did everything completely backwards. Uh, our drummer had a buddy who was going through the WT music program in Canyon, and needed to record a band. So he calls one day and he's like, "Hey, do you want to record a free song?" And I said, "Hell yeah, we do." So we go to this guy's uh, his teacher's home studio, um, it happened to be Stephen Dolzall, and he records us, and it sounds amazing. It's so all these songs that I had written that I was ready to record ourselves. We were going to do it in my home studio. Um, Steven shuts that avenue down, and and I'm just sold on everything he does. So, and he's a wizard. He's a he's a freak of nature on the uh, computer recording somebody. So we we scrap whatever we're doing and we decide I uh, work out a deal and we we we're going to record the project with him. Well then. We record a few songs. The drummer quits. Move Jody to from bass to drums, and we have been kind of stringing along bass players ever since. We've had uh, a, piecing together. I, I think we played, revolving door of bass players. I think between I think our our band. In case we haven't said it yet, our name is Chad Miller and the Good Fortune, and I think there's, there's at least on
1: Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter.
0: LinkedIn. I'm just kidding. I don't know what all we have, but anyway, for sure, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. people. So I think between everybody who's played with us from the beginning, I think we probably have twelve members of the band. In in general, a year and a half. What no, mean, no. Years? Me and you and Foxy have been together for a year. Oh, a little, a year, little over yeah, year yeah. a year and a half. So this is going about two years back. So when we started from the from the inception of the band to. Now, I think, t- I think we've had 12 different members of the band, but mostly it's been me, you, and Foxy, and then we, we figure out the rest. So yeah. anyway, so I basically have been playing solo acoustic shows. Um, in 2006, or 2017, 2018, I played about 80% solo acoustic stuff, and we'd fill in full band stuff here and there. And um, like I said, last year... 2018, I did 100 and what I 160, say 163 shows. and I, I bet probably 40 of them were full band things, maybe 30, 30, 40, well, 40 full 40 band. yeah. It, and then, um, and then this year I'm on track to do about 185, maybe maybe 200, but because I've already played, it's the seventh month in the year, and I've already played 105, 106 shows, so I'm hoping if I can keep November, December busy then um, then hopefully we'll we'll beat last year by a long shot. But we've played a crap load more full band full shows band this school. year, yeah. So we've really got the thing is is we finally found a bass player that he he's a he's a great musician all around. I mean he's played lead on gigs with me before, he's played bass. He's he's a great drummer. Phenomenal drummer. And he's a cool dude, and so Jeff Marquez, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. And I'm so glad that he has agreed to be our kind of mostly s- permanent, yeah, semi permanent bass player. And then whenever he can't make it, we'll fill in like uh, guys like Craig Tally, who's a freak. He Monster. plays for the Hog Mollies. Absolutely, he's Monster. played a lot of shows with us, and we love that dude. Um, Cornbread, Cameron Baker he's my boy he plays a lot of shows with us and he's, shout out to Cornbread hope the Corn nugget's cool he's a instrumentalist and he can play every instrument under the sun and he plays them all very well so uh, Ray Everett he me and him and uh, Clint Chapman had a blues trio in uh, in college that we played around a lot and me and Ray have been playing together for a long time and that dude we just played a few shows together this last weekend and he's a phenomenal dude you know love that guy he's very positive you have the best time with him man. he's very positive he and optimistic stressed, yeah. about the future and uh, he's just a great guy to be around he lifts everybody up so whatever Jeff can't make it we've got a good crew of guys that kind of fill in and help us out but uh, but yeah and so the big thing is is we we've kind of said all of that to say this is I think this Friday, I play at uh, so this will be Friday, August third. I play at Butlers Martini Bar in Amarillo on Polk Street. Saturday, we play at the XIT Steakhouse in Delhart, Texas. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the lunch set solo acoustic from eleven to two, and then we're gonna do full band I from know that. from six to nine or seven to ten. Oh, it's an early show. Yeah, and then though but those people know how to they know how to get down, so it ain't gonna be an early night, like it's gonna be a long night for sure. Oh, they've already got his hotels, so shout out to my Delhart people man, they're they're a fun, crowd to hang out with. Can't
1: wait for some of that food, man. Prime rib is on point down there.
0: Yeah, if you're ever at uh in Dalhart you got to stop by the uh the uh, Ten in Texas Woodfire Grill is I think the official name, but I always call it the X L T stickhouse. I think a lot of people call it that, but yeah. The official name is Ten in Texas Woodfire Grill and it's a dope spot it's the best so um but anyway we say all that to say this is august 5th we are back in the studio um and we're gonna finish up this album that we started a year and a half ago with a different band basically and we've got a lot of stuff recorded we're just gonna retrack a few things and keep keep most of that stuff and then i've written like I think we're going to add six more songs. It was just going to be like a four-song EP, and we were going to record it fast and get it out. But S- Stephen is so good at what he's doing, and he knows so well. He's the one that really convinced me. He said, like, pump the brakes a little bit. He said, look, you want it to be the best representation of what you are. You don't want to rush something and put it out there and it be crap because it could turn off people that potentially will, would be lifelong – fans of what you're doing. And so if you rush something and it sounds like crap, and he's not saying we sound like crap. He just, he knew that we had more uh, potential to be better because even he would walk out of the studio singing our songs and he's not a country guy by any means. He had a real popular band in the early 2000s called Deep Diver and they they were on MTV a lot. They were on that Rob Derrick's Fantasy Factory. They were, I mean, they were a really good contemporary, like, pop rock. Yeah, man. Band, they are f- fantastic I've listened to a lot of their stuff and they're, they were great but the he, he hit the nail on the head he said you don't want to put something out that's not the best representation of what you are so we, we, we had that recorded and it's been sitting and so what we're doing is we've written I've written six new songs oh, I've written a lot more but we've got six that are all the parts are written for and they're good songs and we're going to put them out and so hopefully, by this time, by the end of September, we have everything out. We have a CD, I mean, a, a single released so far, and we're going to be able to release the album. So we're about to. Uh, we're working with uh, We're working on a few things. We're going to have a big merch order coming in soon. So anybody wants hats, caps, coozy um, stickers, steel, koozie stickers, CDs, download cards, shirts, all that good stuff. A hug? I'll charge you for a hug. Just <laughs> yep. saying. We, uh, we're we going to have all that stuff and we're going to have the CD done soon so it's going to be a full length album and it's going to be honestly I I try to be as humble as possible in this this line of work because egos are egos can Poises, easily man. they can Poises. easily get out of control but it's not that I have an ego it's that I'm proud of songs that i've written and the work that we put in on them and i would easily say that it will compete with anything that's on texas red dirt radio right now and that it will there should be a lot of people that like these songs they're they're easily relatable some of them are funny some of them are sad some of them are serious some of them are love songs i mean there's there's a lot of good ones they're all bangers i like them all so it's going to be... You're too white to say bangers. Yeah, no, i said it anyway. <laughs> bangers. They, they can't see me. They don't know that I'm super white. Dude, they can you sound I'm white. I'm Everybody irish. close your eyes right now. What color are we?
1: <laughs>
0: Purple. Well, I kind of already told them in the uh, the uh, uh, sponsored commercial earlier that I was just a big guy, white guy with a red beard. So oh, I'm sure, sure that they know. But anyway, no, so that's pretty much it. We, that's my background um we had to do we had to record this podcast tonight because jody is about to take off to the The west West coast Coast. with scott ellison he's a blues guy jody's gonna drum back him for almost a month um on the road so like the day we the next we record um in the studio august 5th and uh the sixth jody's out he's rolling out getting on the road and um it's going to be a lot of fun. I wish you a lot of luck, and I hope that they got paid you well and <laughs> y'all don't run out of money on when you get to California. So Someone better come pick me up. Yeah. But, no, it should be good, man. they're going to be, man. We worked out all the details. But so. what we need to do, though, is, I mean, if you have some of our cards, Andy, and you meet some cool places that would play our kind of music, too, you just pass them a card while you're there. So oh, yeah, man. We book a run right behind y'all or something. But hopefully, so... Can we wait till it's cooler? Cause yeah, we're not doing that. So day. We're playing
1: Phoenix in a couple days.
0: Well, our, our goal, right, our goal is to, after the CD gets out, is so January, you know, after the holidays, we're going to try and hit the road hard and really push this thing and get it out there. So if uh, – if to an near you. <laughs> yeah. So the, the thing is, is if you become – if you've hung out with us this long and you've become – an avid listener of our podcast by then then you uh you're you're probably gonna hear a lot about i'm mean, gonna i'm gonna keep everybody updated and you're probably gonna hear a lot about what we're what we're doing and where we're at in the process and stuff so gonna be as raw and as real as possible man i'm not gonna sugarcoat it like this job's not super glamorous it's a lot of hard work and we put a lot of work into what we do i mean i invest way more money into equipment than my wife would appreciate and i put a lot more time into it than she would appreciate but she's a saint so um yeah it's just it's a lot it's a lot of hard work but we're excited and we've got some big things in the works so we'll keep you all updated but anyway that's just a little bit about my background where i'm from what i do and how i do it um that introduces you to Jody, so from time to time, so, not every episode, but from time to time, he'll be in here hanging out and recording with us and stuff, and uh, and yes, yeah, so if you enjoy it, uh, subscribe to it, and we're going to keep it rolling. I was going to kind of give you all some hints about what we've got coming up. I've got an interview that I'm going to do pretty quick with one of my buddies who. I call him a skateboarding cowboy because a used to be a teen roper, and now he's in his, I don't want to date him, like, date how old he is, but he's probably, I don't want to date, date him either, he's not my <laughs> type, but um, <laughs> he's probably, like, late 30s, early 40s, um, and he builds skateboards for a living, like, it's the craziest custom thing. custom shop? Custom skateboard, skateboard for, shop for like in Happy Texas. For he like, ships them all over his place, yeah, all over for the a place. lot of people, man. It's it's the coolest thing, man. So that interview's coming up. Um, some of the other ones that I've got confirmed. So actually, I just confirmed this today, and we're working out a date. But the 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 main guy at Horn Toad Beard Company, he Quentin. He's a he's the coolest dude, man. And he just, one day he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so he started the Beard Care product line. And, dude, he's got a cool story. And so he's going to, we're going to record an episode with him. For sure. And, uh.
1: His beard makes mine look like. Oh, he's, man, dude, he's like got a great is, beard. Yeah. He has a great beard. Yeah. But he also
0: uses horn Beard products. I, hey, man. Every, horn Beard Company products like, every day.
1: I can't wait, man. I'm going to get some of that beard butter in, in, in dude, this. Dude, I am
0: so excited for that stuff. It's going to smell so yeah. good. Anyway. But, uh. Yeah, so we're definitely gonna rip those guys. Those guys are awesome, and we're For we're excited sure. about what's what's going on with them. Um, man, we've got we've got a lot of cool stuff in the works. I've got some more um, really cool people that we're just waiting to schedule dates to record. And I'm basically I'm gonna try to put out an episode um, every week or every other week. I'm I'm gonna try to keep it pretty relevant. And um, yeah, so if you guys have any questions comments. Um, concerns y'all can always uh, shoot me an email at another shot podcast at gmail.com yeah we have our official official and uh, we'll go from there but yeah so thank you guys for hanging out with us and thanks for listening and Jody thanks for coming and sitting here and talking to me after midnight tonight and uh, guys don't forget to follow us on
1: Facebook, Instagram Chad Miller and the Good Fortune if you want to Follow the band stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll probably wind up with some sort of podcast, something. Um, If you want to follow our personal pages, uh, my Instagram is Jody Miller underscore music. Chad's is the same, Chad Miller underscore music. Um, Andrew T.
0: Fox. Andrew T. Fox. And Jeff Marquez. Yeah, I don't know what Jeff is. It's just Jeff Marquez. 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 I say it really white. It's Marquez, but it's M A R Q U E Z. For sure. So. Yeah, that's our band and uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Good, uh, good shot on remembering to tag out the dance stuff. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, moving. Right. See you all next time. Peace.